0: It's Boxing Day by order of the Peaky Blinders. Welcome into our spoiler-free podcast, breaking down every single episode of the 1920s Family Gang drama on Netflix and BBC. Here we go, our final full episode breakdown. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And
1: I'm Josh Levy. As Daniel just said, this is episode six of the fourth season, the well weighted season finale. This is... One of the best episodes in Peaky history, if uh, if you ask me. So I'm very excited to break this one down.
0: Named the company. It got a 9.5 on IMDb. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. You guys, I want to hear what you guys think about this episode. 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, whatever you think. Go ahead and like us on Facebook and comment on facebook.com slash podcast What you think this episode deserved. Follow us on Twitter at ByOrderOfPeaky or email us like Christine did And she said, uh, based on our recaps, by the way, Josh, she's moved up her season three a few notches. She said it was a bit tough to follow the first times around, but she fully understands the politics of the plot thanks to us and is now ranking it ahead of season four, saying that confrontation between Alfie and Tommy in the finale is her favorite conversation in the entire series, bringing tears to her eyes and giving her goosebumps every time she hears it, even in your impression.
1: (laughs) I'm glad that my impression... uh... Uh, as as that effect that is a crazy showdown and we always talk about you know what it would be like to wait you know super long until the next season and it's crazy to to have to wait after all that happening you know to, to really digest what happened to Alfie there and Tommy shooting him and it's a great showdown a showdown of epic proportions and this is the episode of showdowns if there ever was one
0: it is and, and the description reads during the boxing match Arthur follows a hunch Tommy is inspired by some words of wisdom from Alfie Solomons and gets valuable intel from Jesse. And that intel from Jesse is huge. That's what propels the very end of this episode, but we got to just dive right into it from the start. Arthur Arthur was right. Arthur is always right. That's like the theme of this series. He called that the Goliath's men were not boxing men. Instead, they were Changretta's assassins as Alfie once again has uh, pulled one over on the Shelbys, but Tommy gets him back. Tommy convinces everyone that Arthur is dead after the assassin strangles him. Tommy shoots the guy. Finn cuts the other one's eyes out. Oh my God! So much happens here, and then the long con works as Miss Changreta comes across the pond, and uh, Al Capone is called. Josh, when that happened, when they dropped Alphonse Capone, what were you thinking?
1: I just I loved it because once again Stephen Knight mixing fiction with with reality. And it's tremendous how he does that because if Al Capone is going to be a character of the show, is going to get you know involved in some things. He's going to be important. That's another real person along with Churchill and all these other real characters. I mean, Jesse Eden's a real person. You know, there are, there are people in season five that are that are real people. So it's very interesting to see you know Stephen Knight throw that in. I was shocked when they mentioned Al Capone. I'm like, there's no. I was like, what? No way. That like fat I, fuck. That Luca refers him as you're talking to a fat fuck. And this episode is just is just is really great, you know. Poor Jesse Eaton getting played, getting played for a fool by Tommy Shelby. Tommy Shelby, all he wanted was intel to so use it as leverage to. Uh, what's 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 uh, the name again? I just call him Maester Lewin.
0: I've got him down as a real life private secretary to the crown, Arthur Big. Arthur Big, okay, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, what do you want? You you want me to
1: name you? You want me to knight you? it's funny that maester loon was talking about knighting people because he was in game of thrones that was funny but uh he's like he reads he reads you know his his terms and conditions his his proposal and his conditions and he goes for christ's sake he's like are you kidding me and tommy basically says you know i could be of great use to you and churchill and you know i'll give you any name of any communist party member that's planning to revolt and in exchange, Tommy wants, you know, to basically control Birmingham and to uh, get into the political sector of things, which is really a shift of, you know, where he was before, you know, f- from, from start to finish of the show. He's now, you know, a man of epic proportions in the, on the political side.
0: And it's the first true happy ending to a season because season one ends with us not knowing if Grace yes. dies. Season yes. 2 ends with like so much shit happening at Epsom. I mean, great. It's a it's kind of a happy season 2 ending, and then obviously season 3 is a shit show, so it was really nice to see it end like that even though I still fucking hate Polly Gray what she does to Michael once again. It's like what is Michael Gray not now we're at the point where I'm almost blaming Michael Gray for not having a spine.
1: It's it's a very it's very strange. It's almost like it's too good to be true kind of thing at the end that it was a happy ending. So we'll see how uh, in season 5 how how uh, that evolves, but yeah I agree Polly gray once again even after you know the meeting with Michael where tommy ships him off you know across the pond to to, to go and get the licenses to to to, uh, to assign away the licenses right isn't that isn't that what he told him to do yep
0: yep the export and, the import license with uh the Capones
1: and even still this is this is like a an everlasting nitpick that I will never get over even still they have that conversation and Polly and Mike you know michael just says I chose my mom but still he doesn't say like, you know, fuck you, mom. You fucked you fucked me over. Now I'm getting shipped across the pond. Like, I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, and he says, Will I ever come back? And it's like Polly on the phone with him lies and says that says that Arthur is dead. And then when he tries to apologize to Tommy, Polly goes, Words don't work here. Like, fuck you. Oh my God. And then and then is the big moment, okay? And this is this took me a long time to understand. Because right after they have that conversation, Tommy's sitting in his office by himself, and he Calls he says, USA please. So he calls the United States, and then it cuts right to the funeral where we are obviously meant to think that he's calling Mrs. changretta and having her show up at Arthur's funeral with the white flag, talking about how there's no peace. But instead, they win the vendetta. Not you know, what is it? The she said the vendetta is not done. The vendetta is won, and so they're gonna take all the businesses. But here's the big but. She says now I caught it. She says you mentioned in your note not in your phone call. So Tommy called Al Capone on that on that phone call not Miss Changretta, which I had no idea.
1: And it's it's crazy to see how diabolical and Tommy Shelby is with all these different plans that are being set in motion. He has bigger pictures in mind always. And I mean, Daniel, I thought I thought Arthur was dead. I don't think I don't think there is any Peaky Head watching this show. That said, that that knew that Arthur was alive. I don't care who you are. Yep, I don't care lying. what you say. You are lying. You are you are a liar, and you are not my friend anymore. <laughs> because you are lying. He was dead. He was gone. I mean, it was they played it off so well. I was texting you because I've seen this episode before, obviously, and I knew I knew he, he was gonna be alive. Yeah. and I'm like, and I'm like, how is he alive? How is he alive? I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, but. It's just, it was perfectly done. And I love how they go back and show what transpired. You know, they go back into the actual moment to see what happened from the moment that Tommy had to go start telling all the family members. And you don't think that at the time when he's whispering in their ears and they don't show us that audio of him whispering in their ears, telling them what, what happened, you don't think that at the time he's saying something else. But obviously, when they go back, Stephen Knight throws that in there to show what he actually said to kind of tell them to go along with the plan. Yep, and tell Linda to act and she she did act well. She did a tremendous job. I mean, it was it was perfectly done and Tommy Shelby had a had a bigger picture in mind and he thought about that on the fly. Think about that. Think about he thought about that while all this was going on and he made it so believable when he shot the gun in the air at the boxing match. Everyone was frightened, everyone's freaking out. No one leaves, no one leaves. And it was just it was just perfect and when Mrs. Trinketta, you know, arrives at the funeral, and she's all cocky and being an idiot and talking about how you know her son will watch watch them all die one by one. And I'm just like, all right, all right, lady, just just get out of here. You're it's like it's so there. This whole turf war is just a giant walking contradiction and just giant hypocrisy yeah, because they
0: what that's what rivalries do. You know what I mean? I know
1: they, but but it's to their detriment at the, at the end of this episode because Luca sure. Luca gets popped in the head and she's, she's there left with, with, uh,
0: with no one. It's her fault. There were two scenes where I was speechless. And the first one was when Tommy got up on the, on the boxing ring after, first of all, let's give a little bit of a, of a clap to Bonnie. Bonnie wins. I mean, it was, it was fixed, but it's not like the Goliath. I don't think Goliath tried to lose. I think Bonnie was just better than him. You know what I mean? He just had no shot, but maybe, maybe he tried, maybe he, he, he fixed it. Cause Alfie as we'll talk about later did say, you know, I do, I know who's going to win this match. Bonnie wins and Arthur, I mean, John, Tom jumps up there and yells, my brother is dead. And I was speechless. And then my second speechless. Oh, was, oh, for sure. Everyone's freaking out. I don't even think he told the truth to Lizzie because all we heard was Arthur has been killed or Arthur is dead when he whispers to Lizzie. She might've just gone with it there. Lizzie had a tough episode. Tommy didn't see her for a while after she was, uh, she was, you know, promised all these things by him. But then, here we go. We got the insane scene where Tommy's ready to give everything to Luca Changretta, and I am just speechless when Tommy gets down on his knees to sign the forms and everything, and then he tells him that his men have turned on him. And we get the showdown with Matteo and Luca, and then Changretta tries to kill Tommy, and they finally... I'm so happy. It was going to be a pit of mine if they just killed Luca, but instead we got some nice hand-to-hand combat with him and Tommy first.
1: It was great, and the the script for this little monologue that Tommy has, you know, with Luca, and, he's, and he says, A friend of mine once said, Big fuck small, so I had to find someone bigger than you. Now, you may know there are two families in Brooklyn who want to take over your monopoly of the import of liquor in New York. But if they move against you in New York, they will start a war between the families. But if you were to die in a vendetta in some fucking bookmaker in Birmingham, then then they could take your business without a war. And we also contacted a business in Chicago, And he's also interested in taking over the liquor business in New York. And his name is Alphonse Capone. And that's when it really triggers Luca. And then he's on the back foot here. And it was just perfect by Tommy. And I love the the, the callback to just, you know, his last episode when he says, a friend of mine once said, big fuck small. No, it was
0: the beginning of this episode. I'm sorry,
1: sorry. The the beginning of this episode. And it's crazy how he's calling back to Alfie, you know, after shooting him.
0: All right, so one one of two corrections that I caught myself at. I'll say the other one later, but first we've got that conversation, the opening scene of this finale with the traitor Alfie and Tommy, and it seems like Tommy should have picked up on it because Alfie gives him every hint in the book that he, Tommy's going to get fucked today. He's like, I'm not going to stay for it. I think you should sell all your stuff and leave. One day, you know, imagine if you were blind. One day you'll open your eyes and you could see everything where before you could only touch it and smell it. And he talks about how he's moving to Margate, and the uh, Americans are taking over. And then he goes, "Big folks, small." And uh, and guess what? Cassius, who is Alfie, we
1: were, we were right. It's in Julius it's, Caesar. Right, it is, and he's he he's the traitor, right? In 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 that Shakespearean. Yeah, so right? he's the
0: one. Him and Brutus.
1: Right, right. I mean, that's it's. I mean, there's so many great Alfie lines here. Big fucks, small always. And there's a fight going on out there between big and small. Big will fuck small, right? Margate dead. Blue skies, heaven. I will see you, Tommy. This is he's like, hilarious. he's like cheer up. Yeah, it's yeah, just like oh, really, cheer up. I Thanks, don't know about Alfie. that
0: guy. But guess what? Small ended up fucking big in every sense of the word in this episode. And I think that 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 and then even when Alfie runs away, Luca takes over the business. And here's another question: First of all, Luca kind of smart. You know, I, I ragged on his brains, but he did not open Alfie's door. Instead, he was like. Did did Solomon's fight in France, and they were like, "Yeah, I think so." He was a captain, and he goes, "I wouldn't open that door if I were you." And it was booby trapped. It, was, with it was like it was
1: like rigged. Yeah, like it it, it would have blown to pieces, which would have been a phenomenal way for him to go out. I would not have been upset.
0: Would have been sick. But then if we find out that Luca takes over Alfie's business, Sabini's business, and the Titanic, whatever that is, a gang, I guess. So now who gets those? Is it Capone or is it Shelby?
1: What do you mean, gets them? Like, Luca took oh, over oh.
0: Alfie's business, Sabini's business, and the Titanic business in London. I think I think
1: it's implied based off of the conversation that they've been in talks with Capone that Capone might have control over those businesses, but that's just, a, just that's just a guess because I know for sure as hell that the the Tommy wants to separate Shelby Company Limited from all these other you know businesses that might incite war.
0: Yeah. So now we go back to the the match and Goliath is dominating. Everyone bets on him. Bonnie obviously takes over, but we find out more betting things. They actually get the odds right here because what they want to do, if you're confused how the Peaky Blinders can benefit off of a match like this, is what happens is they let the guy that they want to win go down early, and then Johnny Dog says 2-1 to one on Goliath. So that means that anyone that bets $1 gets $2 back, which seems like a no-doubt bet on a guy that's dominating. And then he does it again later, and everyone, even like Charlie Strong, has taken out some money. Obviously, Tommy didn't <laughs> let him know that it was rigged.
1: Yeah, I no, it was. It was. It was funny to see Charlie getting on the action.
0: But there's an even better, uh, an even better, you know, battle of words happening in the bathroom with the extraordinary general meeting of the Shelby's Ladies Club.
1: And Linda going off the fucking rails, doing some Tokyo. Let's talk about a walking contradiction right there.
0: Yeah, she's saying how uh, she's like, managed to track down who uh, who knocked you up, Lizzie. And Lizzie's like, yeah, Tommy, Shelby. And Linda's like, oh, you've won the raffle at last. And she tells
1: her to name her Ruby because she's going to win an Oscar one day. Uh, and it's funny because Lizzie calls back to the conversation with Tommy in the last episode.
0: And Polly goes, oh, he's so romantic, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, how, how is she going to get an allowance? And Polly's like, well, as the treasurer, I'm going to be checking you on those expenses. <laughs> right, and
1: she's like... he. He was saying something about how there's too much death. How about some life? And she's like, "Oh, yeah. he's so romantic."
0: That's great. That's great. And then, uh, and then we do see later in the episode that Tommy doesn't visit Lizzie for months, yeah, which is and like
1: very interesting. She's like, "Go see Lizzie," and she's like, "I don't want it. He's like, "I don't want to see Lizzie." Tommy plays golf. He doesn't like golf.
0: Tommy it's hates boring. golf.
1: It's boring. Tommy,
0: Tommy hates golf.
1: Yeah, and it was a very interesting golf course that uh, we saw there. It was the sixth hole, par four, through 375 yards, and they didn't seem like there was a fairway. It was very (laughs) tall grass, so I don't know how you're going to find your ball.
0: Let me ask you, how much time do you think passed? Because, you know, they mentioned that you haven't seen Lizzie in a while while Tommy's going through all of his stuff, and then they have that fancy reception. So while Tommy's planning this plan, how much time do you think Arthur was hiding for? Because Billy doesn't look that old in this maybe like what, a couple months you think go by or a month maybe be- between between the boxing match and the meeting with Miss Chang Greta oh I no, don't think I mean no been... the meeting with Luca not Miss Chang Greta I don't think it's been two months I think it's been only like a couple weeks okay because I just Lizzie keeps saying do you know my address?" and right like, yeah I, mean... I bought you the fucking house I guess it could be one week and she could be mad
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that that they would have waited that long to like host a funeral and kind of let time pass to uh to set up the trap. I think they wanted to get things in motion, but I don't know. I don't know. But but we do know that 3 months passes, you know, when Arthur tells Tommy to take a holiday um at when it, when he says is says, this on? You are going to let me finish? Yes,
0: it was awesome. After Tommy's very 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 short
1: speech. Uh, and it's it's it was interesting to see Tommy getting a time off and he kind of was losing his mind, man. Like
0: he's no, drinking he, gin. Not, not kind of. He was no, very he much losing his mind. There was, uh, well, first before that happens, we have the Margate beach scene, and Arthur saying scene. that Arthur saying, "I ain't fucking going nowhere."
1: Yeah, and that, which which was awesome because I was like, "Oh man, is Arthur gonna go like and do their missionary bullshit with Linda that they had?" Poor Linda, had she was probably
0: devastated.
1: Well, Linda doesn't seem she was I I. I I actually looked to see her reaction to see if she was, like, happy or whatnot. And she was smiling. So, I don't know. She seems to be changed She's as well. She's turned the table
0: into the, in, into, the, into the bad side.
1: But the conversation with Alfie and Tommy at the beach, which which that has to be Margate, no?
0: That is Margate. Right. And uh, Cyril, the, the puppers, is there. And Alfie's like, find him a good home. He's going to be lonely without me. And then... He tries to convince Tommy that it's, it would be honorable to kill him, Josh. And you know what? This is your last chance. This is, here, down goes Alfie. Let's hear him.
1: Here's my here's 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 the last impersonation. And Tommy says, "I once told you, for business reasons or bad blood, I would kill you. It seems you have retired, so there's no business reasons for to, for this killing because he's retired. So it can only be bad blood. And so Alfie goes, so this is all purely for bad blood. And he and he goes and t- Tommy goes, yeah." He goes, yeah, right, yeah, Tommy, we we get up here, yeah, right, yeah, Tommy. And he asks him the most important question. You gonna look after this dog? No. All right, then. His name is Cyril, and he will be very angry and distressed, so you will need to find him someone. And then <laughs> Tommy just ignoring him, going, you're not on. And he goes, no, don't be dull. The only thing I got on me is fucking cancer, mate. Yeah. Oh, Riddle with like- it.
0: Smack to the face for us. Like, Which, I love what? Alfie.
1: Which you and I think is fake. We think no, he now, was just... I mean,
0: in hindsight, it's definitely fake.
1: Yeah, but he said, riddle with it. Doctor told me I might have picked it up in France from the gas or something. Ava showed me a photograph. Tom goes, Alfie, stop talking. And he goes, <laughs> th- he goes tell me there's an honorable reason now to pull that fucking trigger. Now fucking get on with it. And then, and then that's when... Alfie pulls out the gun and shoots Tommy. I don't know in the hip or something. Yeah, not I got enough him to some, kill him
0: somewhere in the shoulder, maybe. Not some a side. lethal wound.
1: Yeah, not a lethal wound. And then Tommy just you know pops him right in the fucking face, and we see Alfie Solomon's drop to the floor, and I think a lot of us shed a tear there.
0: Yeah, let me ask you because you texted me about a callback. So what what callback? What did you mean when you said uh, an honorable, oh, he, honorable reason? He
1: says you know there's an honorable reason that to, to pull that trigger, and that refers back to. Three six, uh, when he says when 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 Tommy tells Alfie he's crossed the line because now the the priest is using Charlie as bait, you know, as as, as hostage. And he tells Alfie that he's crossed the line. And Alfie says, What fucking lie am I crossing? And he goes, I want him to know his anger is unfucking justified. And he says, If you pull that trigger, it has to be for an honorable fucking reason.
0: There we and go, so the callback.
1: It's, it's that callback to that which is just phenomenal and it was true. Steven I mean, the night gold. It's like he plants that seed in 3 6, knowing that in 4 6, they're going to have this conversation and he's going to use it. It's just, it's masterful.
0: And apparently, that was not the plan. I was reading about it, and the, Tom Hardy and, and, and Killing Murphy were told like a minute before on the beach that they were going to shoot each other. That wasn't supposed to be the situation. And they ended up calling an audible at the last second. And there's been a lot of rumors on whether Alfie is or isn't dead. I don't think he's dead. But that's just because he got shot in the face, and he's my favorite character, so I don't want him to be dead. But, it, I mean, Tommy also just left, so hopefully he uh, has someone go go get the dog, because three months are going to pass now, and we'll have the golf scene, the PTSD scene, and uh, the Pyramid song by Radiohead playing as Tommy has a full meltdown with drugs and alcohol.
1: It's very dark. I love this song, Radiohead. I mean, I never really had an appreciation of Radiohead until I watched this show, to be honest. It's phenomenal, phenomenal way to use use the music. And Tommy's drinking gin, you know, losing his mind. And I, I told you, this is the only episode of the whole entire show where Tommy is drinking something that's not scotch or whiskey. And wow. Good call. It, 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 it's crazy. And, and that's what, like, like he probably realized after, I'm never touching this stuff ever again. It's for the devil. And, I mean, I, I'm a big gin and tonic kind of guy. I don't know about you. <laughs> but, you know, gin, you know, is – heavy and it does make you very, very intoxicated very quickly. So, I mean, he was downing whole bottles of that thing. In front of Charlie. In front of Charlie, which was, oh my God, so fucking sad to see Charlie after walking on his dad on the floor, you know, battered and bruised, you know, just going off the rails and it's just, it's just not great.
0: And here's my other correction because grabbing Charlie out of the room is his, you know, loyal servant Francis. Who I called Mary multiple times, including giving her a winner of the of the episode once. So I'd like to apologize to Mary. But there was exist.
1: there was a Mary that was a maid, no?
0: I think it was always Francis.
1: I'm I'm looking this up. Look, Look it up, th- okay. Francis. Also,
0: you know there was a great scene with Polly mentioning that she hasn't that, that Tommy hasn't seen Lizzie in a while, which has to be months now. And then Polly explaining, I was right. We're we're right. There wasn't Mary.
1: Yes, season three. They just they just Mary is like older. But okay, Mary Francis the one who... is the
0: one. Francis is the one that got invited to the dinner table for Christmas, correct, right? Correct. Okay, so but I Mary's, still made the mistake.
1: Mary's the one who, uh, is in the house in season three when Tatiana drives away, and Tommy's like, uh, like the lady will be having breakfast with us, and she's like, uh, Oh no, she she drove off with your car. Like that's Mary.
0: Okay. Well, there was a great scene here, and it was maybe one of the the final great lines of this season when Paul is trying to explain all the bad things that have happened. Between them, I don't know if he wrote down this, this oh, line or not. Oh, I wrote it. I wrote it. Right, this wrote it. All right, here we go. It's, it's,
1: my, it's, my, it's my favorite, favorite, favorite quote. All right, hit us, Josh. She says, Shit, it's in us. It's the Shelbys. It's in our gypsy blood. We live somewhere between life and death, waiting to move on. And in the end, we accept it. We shake hands with the devil, and we walk past them. I just, Wow. Wow. Um, that, that has so many different meanings and so many different connotations in so many different ways. And then later on in the episode, Tommy calls back to that quote and says that he shook hands with the devil and walked past him.
0: Yep. Paulie asks him after he, he shows like he's okay. And, you know, Francis is like, you should, you're supposed to be resting. And Tommy's like, you know, I've learned that uh, there's no rest for me, not in this life. And it perhaps ends in with the next. <laughs> yeah, perhaps in the next. And he gets he gets elected member of parliament for the Labor Party and he frees Devlin. It was a great little five, six, seven-minute finish. Has sex with the uh, Jesse, gets the name of the uh of the uh the communist, you know, leader, the Douglas guy, the leader of the cell. Casey Douglas. Then, then they have sex. Tommy turns Douglas into Arthur Big, who is played by our boy uh, Maester Lewin, who we saw in the very first scene of the season when he called the king to let them go. And we learn. That Tommy won by 40,000 votes. It wasn't yeah, even he crushed close.
1: It. He crushed it. There was no doubt in my mind that uh, that that he was going to crush it. And w- one thing that I found very interesting and funny was after, you know, Tommy tells Polly that he shook hands with the devil and walked past him, and he says, Paul, I've had an idea. And she goes, oh, fuck. It's like when Tommy has an idea, it's not a good thing, you know, that you're getting into the deep shit.
0: Lastly... I do want to say that I love that song at the end. It was called "A Hard Rain's a Gonna Fall" by Laura Marling. As Jesse Eden finds out, probably for the first time, I presume, that Tommy has a, a a woman, a baby mama, and a baby. As we see newborn Ruby get held in the final final seconds.
1: Ruby, it's a cute little kid, man. And he's happy, man. He's happy. He's throwing. He's holding in her her in his arms. And it was it was nice for a change to see a happy ending, but if I were to have to guess, it's not going to last because it's Peaky Blinders and it's too damn good to be true.
0: Lastly, I do want to add something that was really cool. The gin that they were drinking, the Shelby gin, he added a little thing for the, the real, real diehard fans who would pause. And the label says, distilled for the eradication of seemingly incurable sadness. Which is like a series of unfortunate events, kind of thing, I feel like.
1: It is. It's like very ironic, and it's just thrown in there as like dramatic, you know, dramatic irony and satire.
0: All right, winners and losers of our final episode, we will be having a recap. We're going to try to keep our Grace's Secret short so we can have a longer Grace's Secret for the season recap. But what we're going to do, guys, for you is we're going to have detailed full spoiler season five episode by episode recaps for you. Okay. So we're talking about the details of that. We might have it on a different venue than here. So we're going to make sure to get the details for you. But if you guys are interested, who have already seen season five in going episode by episode with us, completely spoiler filled for those just doing the rewatch, keep in touch, keep your eye out for it. We're going to have that for you soon, but let's do it. Winners and losers here for you, Josh, my winner. I'll go first. It's our homie. Arthur Shelby, I've been very, I've been very particular to not give any winner all series long to Arthur or Tommy, and I did it completely with never giving Tommy a winner or a loser. I don't that's think that's impressive. Maybe once I mean, loser. Arthur deserves
1: it in this episode.
0: This is an Arthur. I mean, first of all, he doesn't die, so that's like boom, you win just for that for not dying. And then he gets the great speech at the end. He gets to shoot. He gets to be the one that kills Changreta, shooting him in the face, which finally. The bullet might not have said Luca on it. Arthur gets his revenge for. John. I got my
1: revenge via, via art, via my own god. But uh, Arthur, it was nice. It was nice to see Arthur fire that bullet. You know, poetic justice at its finest, right there.
0: Right through that distillery, right, right through the barrel.
1: Yeah, it was. It was perfect, and I was like, the the little intricacy of of showing the bullet going through his head and through the barrel and the barrel leaking was just. He perfect. looks healthy. My he really yeah. is. All no, right, go does. ahead. No, he does. He looks. He looks. He looks reborn in in, in a sense. My winner is going to be Finn Shelby, because in this episode we didn't we didn't gloss over this because it's not huge, but it's just something that I when I saw it right away, I'm like, he's my winner. He has to be. Was when right after Tommy, you know, gets Finn telling him the news. I'm I'm doing air quotes right now when he tells him, you know, the news. Air quote Arthur. mode on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, air club mode on, and he tells him to to come with him, and tells Finn to wail away at this at this Italian at, at one of the at one of the uh, men. Starts wailing away, and he's like, "Come on, Finn, come on!" And like, you can tell Finn at first is a little feverish to it, and isn't you know about wailing away at this guy, but then he starts whacking and whacking him, and then Tommy gives him the order to blind him. To, to take his eyes out and finn does it and it's kind of like it's like you know finn, finn has become an official blinder he's, a, he's an official man so I thought it was just like a big moment and a breakthrough moment for finn
0: who's your loser
1: my loser is going to be jesse eden because she got played as the fool she is by tommy shelby tommy shelby was just using her and abusing her to get information for his own benefit and Poor her because she seems like she's nice and she has good intentions. Besides, you know, riling up revolution. But besides that, she 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 didn't think she was gonna get fooled. She believed in Tommy, and Tommy used the only genuine side of him to get her and to to get that information out of her for his benefit. So I just feel bad for her because she got played.
0: Yep, poor poor Jesse. And you know what? I did believe Tommy a little bit. I was like, maybe Tommy is gonna run. For some sort of congress or something with the communists, and then when he shows up at the uh, at the private secretary's house, I was like, oh, he really fucked her over. And they, like, she finally, like, you could tell she's a hard nut to crack, and that's just like a devastating thing for like a man whore to do to like say exactly what you want this this fragile, prude girl to to uh, to to hear. And it's like, oh, she was, and she's been through so much, and you have to think that she's gonna continue to like. Follow Tommy like a dog. So we'll, I'm interested to see what that's like for her next season. Yeah, it's just sad. My loser is someone who got cocky and who lost. And her vendetta is not one. Her vendetta is now won. one. O N E, because she's the only Changretta left. It's Mrs. Changretta. <laughs> Audrey Changretta, which
1: we saw her name if
0: you watch, were watching with
1: subtitles. She's definitely like for sure. She, it's just her. She deserve I mean, she doesn't deserve it because like what, whatever. Do you know what I mean? She 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 acted to her own detriment. I mean,
0: all right, I just need I'm like gleaming from ear to ear of that pun that I just made off the top, unplanned.
1: You're a nerd, man. You're a nerd. The
0: vendetta is one cuz every <laughs> they mentioned that every single family member that Luca Changretta brought to England is now dead. And so Mrs. Changretta who got cocky. I mean, they could have just had a truce. They didn't need to ask for ever their whole business. They could have just said, okay, fine, we're done. We killed two of yours. You killed, you know, one of ours. Just one. Just the old man. You know what I mean? It's not like they went across and killed oh no, they, did they kill Angel? I don't think they killed Angel. They killed Angel. I, they just, they? I thought oh, they just I thought they just cut, just cut out his him? eye. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Weird yep. weird that we didn't see any Angel
1: this season. Yeah, I mean he's not he's probably not able to do anything.
0: I know, but just nothing. We didn't see anything from him. And that's also that's a, something a minor we, nitpick of mine. We
1: also didn't see Ruben this year, and like at the end of last year, Ruben and Polly oh, were yeah. like, were like madly in love, talking about how they have a life with each other, and then we just have no mention of him, which was really weird.
0: Yeah, that's that's odd. And then my last nitpick was it's it's a weird one. They make a big deal about Tommy shooting the gun into the c- ceiling and then saying, No one leave. My brother is dead. No one leave. And, and then they just cut away from the scene.
1: It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Okay. We're Let's done. Listen to him. Yeah. No, it, was a, it was interesting. I mean, it was a phenomenally done episode. Great end to the season. Great lead into the next season with a brand new plot, You know, a seed planted by Steven Knight Politics, to, uh, baby. To, to open up, right. To open up more storylines. And once again, it's a sign of the times and where, you know, in the, in, in the 1930s where things are in the political climate in in England. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: There we go. We thank you so much for going on this ride with us through four seasons. If you've already seen season five, stick with us through Grace's Secrets. If you haven't, when you watch it, we have instant reactions for you on our page right at the top of the thing. I've got it right pin bulletin board style Instant reactions for every single episode of this season where Josh and I just go straight off the cuff right when we watch the episode for the first time. So we bid you guys adieu. Keep your eye out for Season four's recap, which we'll hopefully be posting either today or tomorrow right before the new season drops on Netflix. And now we can go into Grace's secret. Grace's secrets. How many girls has Tommy fallen in love with? It was Grace? Grace obviously wasn't the first. Greta was the first. Tommy. I mean, Tommy hasn't fallen in love. Season five didn't see a new love interest for Tommy, did it? Has Tommy ever even fallen in love besides Grace and Greta? I mean, Grace and Greta, the two Gs. Th- those are
1: those are those are the only only woman that he that he's loved, and I don't even know if he's capable of loving again. I, so here we I, go. I really don't.
0: The, there's two big things that I wrote down from this this episode that were just funny callbacks or new things, and the first one was the the Alfie mention of Margate. And he says, and this is an I, interesting one.
1: Oh, I was saying the same thing. I was because we we see him at the end of season five in the same spot at Margate. Okay, and it's like it, that's that's what I thought was just a, a, the fact yeah. that they were planting that seed all along, mentioning Margate, Margate, yeah, blue skies, heaven, yeah, and like calling it heaven. Yeah, and do, when we do, see him and we think they and we think that he's dead, we see him for the first time. He's in Margate, so it's almost as if like he's still dead in heaven.
0: Yeah, do you want to hear? The theory, I, I'm I'm all here and shoot. Anthony shoot my Byrne, life. Anthony Byrne, the director of the season, kind of said, "It's it's definitely up for interpretation whether that conversation really happened in season 5 Don't do
1: that to me, man.
0: He, he calls it a piece of heaven in this episode, don't
1: do, don't do that to me. Now, I, I now, can't... now
0: the car- the counter argument is this: the Jews showed up at Oswald Mosley's gathering.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I yeah. I don't. I don't right, think. Right. I don't. I don't think that that was a made up conversation. That was just like a vision or like a dream. It would really hurt. It would hurt my soul. It totally could be though. It would break my heart because I need. I need more Alpha Solomons back in my life.
0: Yeah, and so uh, the other one was the Titanic Gang. Right. We
1: mentioned Luca took over. You know which one that was? The one that Arthur uh, and everyone Lit else the had fuck to shoot up, out like lose. Rambo with those red lanterns hanging Yeah in Chinatown. With, yeah, in Chinatown. That was that was something because we had we have no like when I was watching season five, I'm like, who the fuck are the Titanics? And then yeah. I didn't even realize that in at the end of season in, in four six we get mentioned that that they're a gang that's been taken over by the Changretas. So that was that was a nice little callback.
0: Yep, and then the only other thing I'm curious about is at one at what point did Michael go from New York to Detroit, you think? And why Detroit?
1: That's a, that's a very interesting question because nobody fucking moves to Detroit why the fuck would he want to go from New York to Detroit But the only I mean, thing I
0: could think of is in the in the 30s right in the in, in the 20s and 30s Detroit was a booming booming yeah, car I capital guess, of the yeah, world
1: cars motor cars are the future
0: yeah, yeah so, so that, that's probably it. it and maybe yeah. he followed Gina maybe Gina's from New York all, maybe she's got a really famous dad or something in New York we'll find out the rock there see, we go. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. That's Grace's secret. We're going to be recording our season four recap off the cuff soon. So keep an eye out for that. Go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Peaky Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. Rate, review, all of that fun stuff. And send us some emails at B-O-O-T blinders at gmail.com. He's Josh. I'm Daniel. And we binge so you don't have to. never
1: the mills, past the stacks. On a gathering storm comes a
0: tall handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand.